As many of you know, Yes Girl Podcast is part of an entire podcast network. That's right. Essence has a whole network operated and hosted by Black women. And I think I speak for Corey and myself when I say that we're so proud of the work we're doing in the audio space. Right, Corey? Absolutely, Charlie. We're in great company with other shows like Unbossed, hosted by Essence's senior wealth and business editor, Marquita Harris. Unbossed is like the Black woman's guide to all things career and money. Yes. And we love to love on our podcast family. So today's episode of Yes Girl is actually going to be an Unbossed podcast takeover. Marquita had a great conversation with Monica Johnson, Associate Vice President at Nationwide, and Patrice Washington, CEO of Seek Wisdom, Find Wealth. And they discussed everything from figuring out how to follow your passions to learning how to pivot in your career. See, that's a conversation I know a lot of people need to hear for encouragement. Let's get into this special episode of Unboss, sponsored by Nationwide. Hey, everyone. I'm Marquita Harris, Working Money Editor for Essence, and welcome. I'm here with Monica Johnson, Associate Vice President of Nationwide Financial, and I'm also here with Patrice Washington, CEO of Seek Wisdom, Find Wealth. Hello, ladies. How are you? Good. Good. You guys look great. Um, I'm excited to get into this conversation um, about, you know, how to be unbossed, so to speak. As uh, many listeners of the podcast know, I'm all about being unbossed and what that means and really just digging into how women, you know, carve paths for themselves and how to inspire other women to do the same. So um, I like asking this question of all of my guests in the very beginning. Ladies, Tell me, what was your very first job? Uh, you want to take it away, Patrice? I see you. You gave me a little inflection. So, <laughs> <laughs> my very first job. Well, before I got an actual job, I started a business in third grade. I was the third grade candy lady. You know, unfortunately, a child at my elementary school got hit by a car trying to cross the street to go to an ice cream truck. And so the principal banned all kids from crossing the street after school unsupervised. And that was the first time I saw an opportunity. Okay. If they can't cross the street and I'm already here, I can just put candy in my backpack. And I had my mom take me to Smart and Final. I used my birthday money. I bought blow pops and Jolly Ranchers. And that was my first entrepreneurial endeavor. And that was the first time I learned if you see a problem, solve it. And people will give you money. The entrepreneurial mindset, just from the third grade. I love it. So what about you, Miss Monica? Well, a little bit similar. I was a preteen. So back in the 80s, um, I was actually a part of a socially responsible rap group. Um, And we performed um, in many places. We performed in schools and hospitals um, at NBA halftime shows um, and a lot of different places. And our message was really around um, staying in school, um, just saying no to drugs and really building self, self-esteem. So it was a group of five young girls and I was the leader of the group. Back then it was the just say no time for, drug, yeah. um, for the yeah. drugs. And so we just really wanted, you know, so I was a cause, I've always been a cause person. So that was my very first job. So I'm not going to, embarrass you and say, can you spit a little rhyme for me? I, real wanted quick? You. I mean, I'm not going to put you I wanted you like that. 
but I have to ask. I mean, unless you want to, unless you want to. I, I, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but I have to ask, who was your inspiration behind in terms of music and what were you guys listening to? I got to ask. <laughs> yeah. So my mother was actually the manager and a promoter of the group. She wrote all of our songs um, and we had a studio and we, we produced all the songs. So it was, you know, that was back in Salt and Pepper days and, and some other things. And so that was probably some of our inspiration, you know, LL Cool J, you know, kind of time it. frame. But we that. actually had a song called um, I Can Be What I Want to Be Because I Believe in Me. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, mm-hmm. as, that's as close as I can get to a rap right now. <laughs> So of course, I kind of got a taste of what um, of what you wanted to be when you were younger. But I have to ask Patrice, um, what did you envision for yourself in terms of career when you were a teen? All I knew was that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. You know, I remember about second grade realizing that my dad was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Only because he would come up to the school and he would come to the spelling bee. And my mom, who worked about 30 miles away from where we lived, could never really be present. And I remember asking my dad one day, like, what do you do? Like, do you have a job? I thought he was unemployed. <laughs> I was in the same home with my dad, but, you know, we had a good relationship. And I'm like, are you unemployed? Like, do you have a job? And he's like, yeah. no, entrepreneur. And it just stuck. And he told me entrepreneurs solve problems. And literally, I never wanted to do anything else but be an entrepreneur. I didn't know specifically what I would do, but I knew that as, someone who wanted to be a mother one day that I just craved for the flexibility mm. that I felt entrepreneurship could offer because I wanted to be present for my children. Unfortunately, like my mom wasn't able to be. Yeah, yeah. So I had a one track mind. I'm telling you, if it didn't work out, I have no idea what I would have done. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so Monica, to your point about, you know, the, having the music background when you were younger, what, um, was there another path that you kind of considered as a backup is where you are now kind of where you envision yourself to be? How did that work? I I didn't know either. Uh, What I knew was I wanted to uh, lead and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and have an impact in a, in a big way. Um, So sort of that, you know, social calls and, and really impact a lot of people. So I knew I was more of a natural leader um, and I wanted to do more with that, but I had no idea that I would be, at Nationwide. That wasn't, that wasn't what I called out at the time, but it's really given me that great opportunity to, to feel, fulfill that. But um, I wanted to conquer the impossible. I was mm-hmm. always one that wanted to figure out ways to do things that, that had never been done or that felt like it was, it was completely impossible to do. Um, so uh, that, was, that was just me. I was always very driven at a young age, yeah. um, but I didn't know exactly what it was, okay. what, what it would be. Fair. I mean, relatable. I get it. I, I definitely I understand that. And it's interesting because I think, at least in our culture, I, when kids, you know, when they're in their teens and they don't know what they want to be, we do kind of apply a lot of pressure, you know, adults. And I think parents, I don't want to project, not speaking for everyone, but like, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's nice to hear you both kind of say that because I think that's a lot more common and it should, you know, that's kind of the norm that I think we discuss. So um, I, I appreciate that. Um, Patrice, so of course you're passionate about, you know, solving problems, but what advice do you have, I guess, for those who have multiple passions, Mm -hmm. but maybe they're not quite sure how to marry them into their own dream career? Because, um, I also think being entrepreneurial minded means 
you have a lot of passion. So you kind of have to narrow those down and focus sometimes. So yeah. what, what advice do you have? You know, first of all, I do agree that you need to find the common theme between the multiple gifts you may have. And I, and I always like to make the distinction between gifts and passion, right? Mm-hmm. Because I hear all the time, well, follow your passion and the money will come. And I tell people all the time, listen, I am passionate about singing in the shower. You will not pay for that concert. Trust yeah. me, my family asks me to be quiet all the time. You're not going to pay for it. I would never get paid for it. It's not necessarily my gift just because I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I really encourage people to do is determine whether what they're going after is their passion, meaning it gives you joy, it brings you energy, it makes you happy, or if it's purposeful. Because purpose work gets beyond you. Yeah. The thing that yeah. I'm supposed to do actually does serve others. Singing for me does not. You know, <laughs> right? um, what I had to do was teach myself, allow myself to get really passionate about my God-given gifts. Mm-hmm. I was always gifted at speaking. I, you, my mom would push me into every pageant at church, every Easter pageant, every Christmas play, right? I was always getting up and speaking. I was always called on to speak at school. I never saw talking as being sexy enough mm, okay. as something to actually pursue. Got it. And it wasn't until the recession in 2008 when my seven-figure real estate mortgage, real estate and mortgage brokerage crashed. And I went from that seven figure business to literally scraping up change that I had to pivot and actually have that, that moment where I'm like, what am I actually called to do? Mm. What am I actually gifted at? And that's when I realized you have all these things you're gifted at. Now, how do you bring them together to tell a story and to serve people? And so I always encourage people who feel like they have multiple gifts. Um, for me, it's writing, it's speaking, yeah. it's teaching, it's encouraging. But then I had to say about what, yeah, <laughs> you know, okay. and once I figured out the about what, um, that's pretty much been the path I've been on for the last 12 years. So for people who are struggling with multiple things, it's looking at each of them and going, how do I just bring these together? And it may not be all of them. Maybe it's just two of them at a time. Um, but I, I knew for myself, I never wanted to be a master of none. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's going to require us to go all in and put the effort to perfect the gift. And then as we kind of perfect that, it's not saying the other thing is a no, it's just a not right now. Once this is stable, how do I add the next and the Mm -hmm. next and the next? And that's what I've done in my career. Got it. Wonderful. Um, And you also brought up an important point that I think we should all kind of be digging into because I know a lot of women out there have this concern 2020 it's you know there's a pandemic so I think um you know for black women out there who are finding themselves in a tough financial position right now whether it's because they've been laid off or furloughed or experienced a pay cut um can you both kind of offer an example I guess of how you've made a hard transition and just what kind of plan should we uh, have in place for unexpectedly lean times, especially as Black women in business. Monica, do you want to take Yeah. Ahead? So, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things I always tell people is see obstacles as opportunities. And and certainly that's what we're facing right now. Um, and, you know, there, there may be times when you have to think and, and like Patrice just said, you know, broaden your, your experience a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, 
understanding that um, your plan A may not be your plan B and you need to have multiple plans, but really looking at what's going on in the world um, right now. And maybe there's a, a a new thing that you can build upon um, that's, that's based on the obstacle that we're dealing with. That might be a huge opportunity for you. For me, I've always had, um, I've never been afraid, I, I should say, of, you know, maybe losing this thing or this thing falling through because there's always more. There's always more. And uh, we just really have to open our mind and think about that. Um, now, I personally haven't had to pivot um, during this time, but I know many that have. Um, but I will say, um, you know, there's there's tons of opportunities now. I mean, there's you think about what we're going through. Um, I, I see opportunities with those obstacles we're facing. So great, great advice. Mm-hmm. What about you, Patrice? Well, I definitely had to pivot mm-hmm. um, because I'm primarily a speaker. And so before the pandemic hit, I literally had 17 speaking engagements lined up for the year. I had taken deposits, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, one by one, people start saying we have to postpone, we have to delay, we have to push it. And I really started to proactively talk to my partners about what are we going to do virtually? Because people still need this content. They still need the information. And so because we can't gather in large spaces anymore, or because you can't maybe do some of the things you're used to doing in your business, it's not the time to just sit down and go, well, I'll wait for it to be done. When's that? We don't know exactly when that is, right? So like Monica said, you have to look for the opportunities. I teach my 13-year-old daughter how to do a SWOT analysis on her snow cone business in the neighborhood, right? So she knows to look at every time she has an idea, strength, weakness, opportunities, and threats. And it's the same thing that I go through with my clients, that we have to be ready to pivot when these things happen. And we can't be so attached to, you know, how it's always been. Yeah. Like I've had clients who say, well, my magic shows up when I'm in person. I'm like, girl, you better teach that magic to show up online. (laughs) You got to teach the magic to show up wherever you are and be willing to embrace the changes that are here. And there are so many opportunities. I know people who are now creating businesses in response to what's going on. Mm -hmm. Think about it. A mask business was not a thing. You know, six months ago, who would just sell masks online, right? Look at all the platforms that have popped up to help us be more connected digitally. All of the things. Now there are online baby shower games that you can play on, you know, a different platform. There's so much. And so it's really about allowing yourself to embrace this new normal. Mm. And not being one of the people who are like, oh, it'll go back. It'll change. We may never see it the same, like exactly the same again. And so instead of living in an old story, allow yourself to embrace a new story. Yeah. And I mean, it's at the end of the day, adaptability is always, you know, you're always going to have to adapt. So it's, it's still old, you know, <laughs> it's, it's something we've always had to do in order to survive. So, yeah. um, so Monica, um, I have a specific question for you. You are the Associate Vice President of Nationwide Financial, and you've been with Nationwide for, um, I believe, fact check me if I'm wrong, 20 20 years, something like that? Actually, 25 years. Um, uh, It's been a while, a long time. Yes, that's amazing. (laughs) That's an amazing feat. Um, So 25 years. Um, 
So, of course, you haven't had to deal with the dilemma of, okay, pivoting and, you know, during a pandemic and all of that. But can you kind of dig into what was it about this specific company and field that really drew you in and also um, just affirmed your passion to stay for such a long time? And also, can you kind of just share some advice for all the women out there who want to know when to stay at a company and honestly, you know, when it's time to leave? Hmm. Well, I get asked this question a lot because, you know, 25 years is a long time. And I will (laughs) say I actually started with the company um, as a high school intern. Um, and I literally started in the mailroom of the company um, and, went, and, and actually have grown a lot since then. But two of the reasons why I, I stayed um, where I'm at is um, one for the growth opportunities and the other one is really around the culture. Um, and I'll talk about the growth opportunities first. Okay. Um, so within our company, we have an insurance side and a financial side. And those are completely different career paths, really. Um, So I've had a chance to grow um, and be on both sides um, and learn different parts of a business. I've had a chance to be in sales roles, um, operational roles, um, technology support roles. So for me, my path has has been very wide. Um, So I haven't stayed in one particular path the whole time. Um, The other thing that's even more important for me is, is more about the culture, because I do believe that matters. It matters where you work, and it matters that it fits with your personal values. Um, Nationwide is is a it has a caring culture. Many people stay for many years that probably didn't think they would. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, um, you feel you feel like I've I've met many of my my friends um, at Nationwide. Um, You feel like it's it's sort of family, like. um, And one example I'll give um, that I I will never forget. Um, about five years ago, my, my brother um, passed away from brain cancer. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and, and through that journey, um, a lot of my nationwide, what I consider family, um, was so supportive for me. I mean, sending us cards and just gifts and, you know, gift cards. Don't worry about food during the time, whatever that might be. Just reaching out. And I'll never forget at his um, funeral, uh, just about 70% of the people that came through were nationwideers. Wow. Now, that hits a different part for me. Um, that's more than money. Um, that's that's hitting a, an emotion that I will never forget. Yeah. So it, it's more about that caring culture, and it really wraps their arms around their employees, and we do the right thing. Uh, so that that's a big part of why I've stayed. But, you know, another part is around I've, I've been able to use my talents and strengths um, and continue to grow. So it's, it's just, you know, that's a big part about it. Yeah. But I will say um, to the second part of your question is really around, you know, how do you know when to leave? You know, when you're not being fed, when you're not being served kind of anymore. When you feel like, first and foremost, if you're at a place um, that is not aligned align with your, your morals or your mm-hmm. values, that's first and foremost. That, to mm-hmm. me, is the first um, indicator that that's not the right place for you. Um, the second place, the second thing is that if you... Um, aren't able to use your talents, your strengths. You know, there's not any, the opportunity for you to use, utilize that. We got one life to live. I feel like we have to be able to use those things. Yeah. And so that's another one. And then, you know, the other thing is when you're not having fun anymore, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we, this is our, this is, we got to have fun. We got to really love what we do. Um, so those would be the three things I would think about. I love that. And even 
even when you were talking about why you stayed with Nationwide for 25 years, just as, you know, you've had growth opportunities and, you know, the culture, those are also really great examples of things that um, everybody should look for with their companies, with their jobs. Um, It's not always just a paycheck. So that's, that's wonderful. So ladies, um, what advice do you have for other black women when navigating these rooms where they may be the only woman or the only black person? Um, Of course, I've experienced this on a corporate level, but I think, uh, Patrice, I'm sure you've encountered that as an entrepreneur. And do you mind kind of digging into that a little bit? Sure. Um, For me, again, I, I really have a unique opportunity because I get to pick and choose who I work with. Right. Mm -hmm. And typically when I don't feel like I'm being respected as a black woman, I have the right to say, no, that's okay. I'm not going to just be happy to have a seat at your table. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you you didn't pursue this relationship with me or this partnership or this opportunity because I'm lucky. Right. You came after this opportunity because I was the right person for the job. And I really do think that it starts not with trying to change other people. It starts with us having our own boundaries. Right. For how we allow people to perceive or to treat us. And so most recently, especially with everything that's happened this year, I took a stand even with a lot of my partners um, or I would say my my peers in the personal development space where I said, you know, I'm not coming on stages anymore if I'm the only Black woman. I'm not going to be your token, right? So whenever you're ready to, you know, attract Black clients for your launch, you know, then you want me on the podcast, or then I'll get the invite to the stage. But when you're quiet during times of unrest for Black people, that's not okay for me. And I took such a stand. I can't tell you guys the, I put a video out that went viral, but the number of people who literally reached out that are in the personal development space with me and said, thank you for calling me out. Yeah. Because I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. I would never want you to, you know, feel awkward or feel like the token. And I have to say, but you also haven't asked for referrals Mm -hmm. or you haven't taken suggestions that I've given you for other black women who are dope. Right. Who are brilliant. What does that say about who you really want to reach? And so, you know, from my perspective as an entrepreneur, it's really been most recently, especially so critical to not not feel awkward that I'm the only black woman in a lot of these spaces, but to take a stand and say, I will not be the only black woman. There's her and her and her. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. and bring her along. Like, like you're gonna have to hire someone else. And yeah. um, the feedback to that has been well received, especially in a season like this. What about you, Monica? <clears throat> well, for me, and this probably goes back to my personality. Is I, I just love I love being different. I actually yeah. thrive in that um, environment. I think it's a teaching moment. Um, so in a corporate environment, it it, it does happen, um, and we are set to pave the way for others. Um, So we're setting an example there. Um, But what I always tell the advice is you deserve to be there. So if you're the only one there, you don't have to feel like you're not, you don't belong. Um, You've, you've done everything that you need to do to get to that place. So own it and really be confident in that space. And, and really, like I said, set that path and set the example, be the example for others to follow. Um, So that's the way I look at it. Um, 
I don't view myself as different when I'm in the room because I feel like I belong at that table. Um, so that is, that's how I feel about that. I'm going to take it a little personal. We're going to get into your business a little bit. Um, I think personally as black women, um, we work hard and I think we work hard with the intention of, you know, playing a little bit later and, you know, maybe taking that vacation six months from now after you've been doing 10, 15 hour days or whatever. Um, but it doesn't always happen. <laughs> and again, maybe I'm projecting, but I think you often find that successful black women, um, we're lacking a thriving life outside of work sometimes. So what I want to know from you guys is, um, how do you find the balance with work life? Because, um, I, like I said, I, I might be projecting, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I know you work hard and, you know, I, I've seen your receipts, um, I know you're not just putting in a typical nine to five, <laughs> especially, you know, for entrepreneurs where there tends to be no boundaries at all. You have to set them yourself. I can think through that. So first of all, I've heard this analogy that it's not always a perfect balance, right? There are times in your life when the balance tips a little bit more to life and the balance tips a little bit further to to work. But what I would say, what I am, what I do is I'm very intentional about, you know, um, my, my, my home, um, balance. I have boundaries and we got You got to set some non-negotiables there. So (laughs) I do feel, um, that that's very important. And sometimes you got to schedule time. (laughs) You've got to schedule it. If you, if you just really, um, struggle with that. I mean, (laughs) I think about it, you know, you schedule some self-care time, you schedule date night, maybe with your husband, um, what, whatever that might be, schedule that vacation, um, to get very intentional about how you do that. Um, now, when I'm at home, I can tell you I I'm, I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I have a built-in indicator that makes me focus on home. I have a two-year son, <laughs> two-year-old son. Fair. And no way <laughs> can I do anything else while he's around. <laughs> so it, it does. It's fun. It's so much fun. But um, <laughs> when I'm at home, I'm at home, and and I'm very focused there. Um, so. You know, but the one thing I would call out is we have to do this because we don't want regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very big on we have this one life to live and what did you do with it? And when you think about, you know, just work all the time, you know, is that what you're going to be remembered for? Yeah. Or is it going to be those other moments? Um, so I, I think we do have to be intentional. And I, I do think we need to just, you know be okay with it at times. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts around it. Great advice. What about you, Patrice? I would say very similarly that for me, there has been no balance. I've tried to create harmony and, you know, integrate as much as I can in my personal and professional life. Meaning when my daughter was younger, I would bring her to things. She's probably been to more seminars and conferences than the average adult. Um, but it was important (laughs) me that she saw mommy working, that she Mm -hmm. understood what I was actually doing and the impact that I was having so that when she couldn't come with me, she was still proud to know, right? I remember I would call home and she'd be like, did they stand up and clap? Did you settle all your books? You know, when she was younger, she would go to school and try to sell books to the ladies in the front office. And she was in second grade trying to get a cut of my profits. I think like mom. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Now, you know, I would say, where'd she get that from? Well, we know, right? Um, 
But for me, it's been important to not be a public success, but a private failure. And it is really easy to get sucked into the adoration from your peers or, you know, likes or comments where people are like, oh, my gosh, I love your work. I love your book. I love this. I love that. But what good is it to have that in the people that you say you're doing the work for? Right. Oh, I'm doing this because I want to have something for my children, but your children don't know that you really love them or that you're present or that you care. And my daughter taught me a valuable lesson years ago about the difference between being physically present and being present, being mentally focused on her. And mm-hmm. she was telling me a story one time and I was on the phone scrolling mm-hmm. as you do. And she's long winded like her mama. And she's telling this long story. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm smiling. And she said, you're not listening because that wasn't a good story, mom. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, she called me out. That really made me reconsider, right, how I was showing up, how present I was being. And so even in my work as a, as a financial expert, I tell people there's no wealth building without well-being. Like there is no point in going all in on the hustling grind and working the long hours and not sleeping and, you know, doing this, oh, I'm up at 3 a.m., where you at type of stuff yeah. that people will post in social media because we have one vessel, right? If you have a vision for your life, it is your duty and responsibility to protect the one vessel that you get in order to execute that vision. And that's what I teach. Even though I'm known as a finance expert, I teach holistic ways to build wealth. And it doesn't make it like, you know, it's like what Monica said, it has to be scheduled. If these things matter, then they should go on the calendar. Absolutely. You can't just have the calendar filled with work stuff and then wonder why the rest of your life is garbage. (laughs) You you have to put it on there. So I have fit time. Right. I have my faith time on there. I have people time. Like I have space time. I even have time to just do nothing and think. I block thinking time. Yeah. You know? And even if it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just allowing yourself the grace to remember all parts of yourself are so important if you're gonna be in this for the long haul. Okay. All right. Oh, that was a word. Just the, just the reminder that we only have one life, you know, it's, we have to, you have to make time. You have to do these things. Nobody's going to do them for you. You have to, you have to be intentional. Um, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful takeaway. Um, I would love to keep you on here for at least another hour. Cause I got questions still, but I can't do that. You guys are busy. Of course, the name of this podcast, this experience is, um, it's unbossed. So, First and foremost, I want to know what does the word unbossed mean to you? And then secondly, tell me about a woman that you know or you don't know, dead, alive, fiction, whoever, that is unbossed, that inspires you in your life and your career and beyond. Being unbossed to me is being your unique self and being okay with it. Um, You know, really, I think breaking through those barriers and seeing those obstacles as opportunities and, and really going forward and just killing it. Um, um, and not letting anything get in your way, um, anything or any person. Uh, so really, it, it, and really, like I said, it's, it's doing it and doing it with a smile, 
having fun with it. So unbossed is really, to me, doing your thing, nothing, nothing getting in your way, breaking through those obstacles and, and getting it done. So I think about the person that, that, that was that role model and example, example for me um, is actually my mother. Um, her name is Christy, and she is completely unbossed. Uh, she is what I consider to be my best friend, my mentor, my advocate, my everything. You can, you can add the dot, dot, dot on there. Um, but when I talked about that rap group um, originally, she was that manager. It was her thought process around that. And all of those things she instilled in me back then have come to light to, to, to this day. Um, she just, she lived her life. She faced so many obstacles and she is uh, just completely unbossed. Um, she recently just retired from her corporate job. Um, and just tell you, she's my business partner. We, we both own an um, interior design company together um, that we've had for several years. So she's always been a business partner of mine. But she's always wanted to build something, to invent something. And recently, um, she has, she's um, paved that path. Um, so she has a patent pending on one of her inventions. Um, wow. So she just, just completely unbossed. She never stops. And I just learned so much from her um, and just her, her, her passion, her spirit, and all of that. Um, and when you see me, you see her. So actually, people think we look like twins. So uh, <laughs> that's my person. She, she's just Christy. She's unbossed. Yes. Yeah. I love it. What about you, Patrice? <clears throat> so to me, unbossed means just the freedom to be you, to do you, to show up, uh, not in comparison to anyone else, to literally define success for yourself, to redefine what wealth means, because it doesn't have to be money and material possessions, um, and to literally do what you want, when you want, how you want it, with who you like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to me, that's unbossed, just every day waking up and carving your own path. And the woman that I would say I would love or that that is so unbossed to me and such an inspiration is Michelle Obama. Mm. I just adore. I call her Shelly O. She doesn't know yet, but we're best friends. I'm waiting for her to catch up to this. But I just love um, how she didn't just sit back in the traditional first lady role and how she was so present to the community, how she was so present to people, and how after leaving the White House, she's literally taken the world by storm, right? Touring, um, getting podcast deals, Netflix deals. Her book tour was outstanding. And just watching this woman do her thing with such style and grace mm -hmm. and such poise and also being so real as a mother and still supportive and uplifting to her husband. She's a boss. She is unbossed. <laughs> I love it. Well, ladies, thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom and shout out to Michelle and Grandma Christy. Um, for everyone out there, where can they learn more about the work you're doing? Do you mind kind of sharing a site or anything? So for me, you can find out more at patricewashington.com. You can learn about my podcast, programs, books, all that good stuff. And I love Instagram. That's the only place I play online. It's Seek Wisdom PCW. And for me, you can find me on LinkedIn um, or Facebook. Um, just more under my name. Um, and, you know, we, 
I would say you can find any information out there. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. (laughs) Be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes, girl. Such as our conversations with Raphael Sadiq, Kelly Rowland, Regina King, and Fantasia. You can check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, and Google Play. And while you're there, be sure to rate us and review us. See you next week. Bye.